Hello, this is D.B. Richards from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and this season is dedicated to Bill Palmarino. Rest in peace, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet referee, Dave Keener. All-time classic. This is wrestling. Hi, Dave. Dave. You know what? I I am drinking a sweet tea, okay? But because of our guest, I figured it would have to be a little bit of a different kind of sweet tea. Well, I mean, she is from the Jersey Shore. Right. And she is also an ECW original. Hold on. She's also an MMA fighter. Correct. An actress. Correct. A producer. You just, God, you do it. And a podcaster like us. What's her name? So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Angel Orsini. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing good. Doing, doing good. good. Thank you for coming on today. I mean, it's a CIO spiked iced tea. Oh, uh, you got it spiked? Yeah. Uh. So I just figured <laughs> it's good stuff. So, I mean, I know we always had a lot of alcohol back in that locker room, so... Oh, I bet you did. So I want to tell our listeners who are non, who don't know indie wrestling much about you. Like, so you worked with companies at you know WEW, Women's Extreme Wrestling, uh, WSU, uh, New York Wrestling Connection, DCW down in Delaware, NWA, and you were just at Titans Championship Wrestling here in New Jersey. Um, I'm also looking at you are you were the former FCW Lightweight Champion, the former WEW World Champion, and World Tag Team Champion, and and WSU World Champion and Tag Team Champion. So wow, that, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot for you. you. You did your research. Holy Thank shit! You. Wow, good job. Good and, on you. And oh. she's an ECW original. That I mean, that's just right there, big. Oh, that's the interview. Goodbye now. No, just Thank you. Good night. You <laughs> 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 told your whole story right now. You know what I mean? All right. Brian, <laughs> wait, Brian, you got this. We're going to get something to eat. We're gonna pay. <laughs> but let's get let's get into the detail here. Um, so first question. You know, tell us your origin story. You know, the background. How did you get in the business? How did you, you know, where did you train? Who trained you? So, yeah, I was already a martial artist and I was training with Bart Vale for mixed martial arts to get ready to go to Japan. And I uh, went and fought MMA, no hold barred, in Japan through Fujiwara Gumi. And um, while I was there, I met Reggie Bennett. This was the Queendom Highest Wars, right? This was the sixth show that they do, like, annually where it's like a hundred thousand people and it's every kind of women uh pro wrestling mma kickboxing all different um kinds and styles new japan all japan uh it was an extraordinary event to be a part of and while i was there i met reggie bennett original glow uh i mean she's legend in the industry too so yeah absolutely and she was like, you should do pro wrestling, you know, and she just got in my ear about it. And when I came back from Japan, I met Liz Chase and she's an original Moolah Girl NWA champion with Wendy Richter all over uh, working for Finn Senior and had a great career in Japan. And she trained me and uh, I fell in love with pro wrestling the very first time I got in the ring. I just it lit a spark in my soul, man, and I just... Hmm. 
I became riptide and started riding the pro wrestling wave, brother. <laughs> so you never watched it before, like on TV or anything like that before you got into it? or When I was little, yeah, I loved it. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I guess I got sidetracked doing my own sports. I, I used to compete in gymnastics and track, and I've always been an athlete. And, um, you know, martial arts, just every different style. I still train martial arts. Love it. Uh, but, yeah, pro wrestling, that was it. And um, had my first match versus China before she went to the WWE. Yeah, it, it was pretty awesome experience. She was amazing. Uh, I got to train with her for like the last six weeks of my training. What an extraordinary athlete, uh, amazing person. She helped me so much with like bodybuilding, how to eat right, you know, getting a regimen together. It was it was really an amazing journey. And yeah. I got a quick and, one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's all right. Go ahead. I think I answered your question pretty good, huh? I mean, seeing that you've been in this business for quite some time, um, given the fact when you started in the business to today, have you seen a change in women's wrestling? Yeah, absolutely. It was a change that I always was pushing for. You know, I started doing hardcore and intergender wrestling right in the beginning of my career. And a lot of people got mad at me for it. They they got pissed, you know. Um, some of the other women who were the veterans in, in wrestling got mad at me, yelled at me, yelled at promoters, walked out. Yeah, it was. But um, I always believed that women deserve to have the equal opportunity to display their talents just the way the guys do. Like, why restrict it? If girls are good enough to, to have that spot, let a girl have a spot, have the spot. And um, some people didn't like it that way. So. What's her name? <laughs> Brandon Kirk's wife. Casey, Casey, Casey Kirk. Kirk. Or Casey Kent. Casey Cattell. She does the hardcore light bulb matches and stuff like that out of New Jersey with like Titan and all of them. And then you got guys like Stan Styles who's running the intergender bonanza type stuff who's been running it for years and it sells out every time and everybody loves doing it. And now with their brand new IGP champion, Adina Steele, mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of fun to go out and hang out and watch them do it. We just had a guy on our show just recently up in New York who we were talking to and he said, yeah, some of the guys get, even today, still don't want to wrestle women. Right. But he's like, I'm fine with that because, you know, it gives them more opportunities and to be seen, which I believe that should be happening. You know, intergender needs to be mainstream. I mean, it goes back to when ECW was doing it. They were doing it back, back then as well. You know what I mean? Nobody was doing it, but they were doing it. Yeah, that's how I ended up there. You know, it was like the perfect spot for me. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 wrong in wrestling. Like, like everybody should be working together, trying to get everybody over and hoping everybody gets a good payday. You know what I mean? It's is that what it is to get the payday? You know what I mean? Or a handshake I mean, or a hot dog? I don't the know. exposure. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's important to empower women and show other women that what seems like insurmountable is achievable and you can overcome it. You know, uh, I think that's important to display in society. And um, I, I, I think, you know, because wrestling is wrestling, why not tell that story? Why not empower women and um, make them uh, have that strength and belief in themselves to chase after the dream and 
and and have their talent, skill, and ability uh, reach its maximum potential wherever that t- takes her. You know, like there's not for everybody in that story. You know, help tell the story. Oh yeah, I agree with you. So um, completely agreed. Let's get into the next question. We so um, it's pet peeves in the business. Um, yeah, me and Dave um always have um a lot of pet peeves in this business. I hate the rainbow clothesline. It gets on my nerves. Don't know why they're putting the over the person's head. I just got, I just had a new pet peeve from Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any pet peeves? I mean, I would say, you know, if you're going to throw a punch, you better at least come close or I'm going to get pissed, <laughs> you know, because um, I prefer like strong style. You know, I like to have things be snug, tight. And so, but, but some people are a little too light, I guess, you know, it's, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's not my style. My style is comes from my MMA training. It's, you know, ECW style. Like, I yeah. so that's my pet peeve. If you're going to throw a punch, then make it count. You know, especially if it's in the crowd, boy, you better be really, you know, spot on or don't do it. Do something else that you're good at. Like, right? I, I don't know. do what other people do just because you want to be like that person. Do what you're good at. Right. Like, I know I'm a referee, but if you want me to do a bump, then you better get in there and you better get me. You know, I, I don't like swing and completely miss me. You're going to body slam me and do something? Get in there and get me. Like the other the other pet peeve I know is the same as my brother Mike. You better look the part. If you're a referee, your shirt better be tucked in, the pants better be black, and there better black shoes. And you better be clean. You better know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Uh, clean is a good good one. Right. <laughs> That's- like, I, I don't want your stuff smelling like the night before. My new pet peeve is, is I'm a photographer now. I just got into the business back in March and you're welcome. Thank you. Back into it. Um, and le- the other night I had, no, well, two nights ago we had like four or five t- photographers out on Rinside, and there's only supposed to be two. That's my biggest pet peeve is you know there's supposed to be two photographers, no one else. If you're gonna do your, if you're gonna do photos, go in the back behind the fans and take some photos. Don't go over Rinside because you get the two photographers messed up and you're getting in our way. And the building's like a little garage where it holds maybe 300 people at most. Yeah. So there's no reason to have all that extra body work out there. <laughs> you know what I would do. Right. I've seen it. I would go, I would be like, yeah, let's go out the ring and let's go get him. <laughs> <laughs> we need to book, need to book Angel for that next show so she can body slam said person. Maybe the, maybe the ring announcer. Oh, I was going to oh. tru- I was gonna truck one of them and get all those the photographer, man. They were getting in my way. I was going to fucking push them. <laughs> my, that was another pet peeve. So we did the show Friday night and I looked at the ring announcers. I was refereeing. And I'm like, listen, after you're done ring announcing, you need to get out of the ring because the match is going to start hot. And I got to look like I had seven heads. Because he didn't huh? know what you were talking He didn't know. About. Like, the match is going to start hot. Get out. And then he still stood there. I'm like, get out of the ring. He's an, He was annoying, too. That was my pet peeve last uh, night. He was annoying. Oh, sorry. Taking a sip. Those, those are good pet peeves, you know. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, <laughs> you know my brother, Mike Keener. So, plenty of them. So, the other thing would be, like, the best. What's the best advice anybody ever gave you? And who was it? <laughs> yeah. I know my brother's was. Sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luna Bashan said, shut up and listen. <laughs> you got Same. two ears and one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you talk. <laughs> my my friend Corey Castle always says, don't be 12. That, my best friend said, be humble and be respectful. That too. Mr. Ola always told me, less is more, and I do less is more. <laughs> You're only a commentator, that's why. And it's less and more. 
<laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, that's also a good one. I've heard that too. Less is more. I actually say that often to um, people that I work with now. You know, there's a lot of new people and that's why I'm still doing this, you know, to carry that torch, make sure, you know, keep going forward. So um, that's I, a good one. I walked in the locker room plenty of times and it's like, all right, w- what are we doing tonight? And here we go. Same fucking thing we've done in the past 25 times. And I go, what's that? He's like, nothing. One of my things that I make less is more, I play Connect Four with wrestlers doing little small interviews. And they're like, how long is this interview? I'm like, maybe three or four minutes. Whoever wins, it's over. Less is more. You had Spanky on for two minutes. So less is definitely more. Brian Kendrick. So that's... For those that don't know. I know Angel knows what I mean. For those that don't know. So that's where (laughs) I come in doing the whole Connect Four thing. And it's kind of fun. It's something different. People go, wow, this is different. Yeah, nobody else is doing it. Right. And I mean, you just said one of the biggest guys in TNA on there. And he was on for about four minutes. Former. It's former Impact Russell, yeah. Well, former Impact. Yeah, he's former. You know. Edmund Fulton. Still. Big name. Oh, yeah. So my question is background check. Um, In the previous couple years now, we've had so many people being called out for like sexual harassment, sexual assault. Uh, A few people that have been exposed for, you know, being on the sex offender list. And it's really shocking because we know a few people. um, We know one promoter got called out for it and he's a registered sex offender. And we were going to go far with them too. And, you know, my buddy was having his kids around him. So my question is, is that do you believe that companies and promoters should do background checks or should that be done on a state level? You know, that's a really good question. I think for the state that have a state commission, they should definitely be doing a background check. Oh, yeah. Because I, otherwise, what are they doing? Oh, yeah. Why have one? <laughs> Dude, we, we pay so much money in taxes and all that stuff. And why not do this stuff? They want us to have driver's license. They want us to have this and that. What? Why, why are we doing this? Why can't we have background checks and stuff that we need? Right. Like we say numerous times, New Jersey is the only state without a state athletic commission. And it's wrong. Because right. here's other things, too, you can put in there, too. Like if in death matches, people mm-hmm. bleeding, people need to get checked to make sure they're safe because you're going to get in the ring with other wrestlers and if you bleed and we don't know you have a disease right. like I, I did one Friday night and I'm like I need a towel and gloves and gloves I need it all right now and I got looked at I'm like towel now and I started screaming top of my lung yeah I mean um, I do my testing every six months for, for that just in case even if it's just an accident I wasn't intending on getting color you know I was just uh but um, I also don't do things to you know put myself in harm but you know there's all kinds of freak accidents that right. happen. Yep. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure you know the person who did the death match because he works up in that area a lot. You know Dirtbag Dan, right? Yes. Yeah, him. Yeah, I did his match Friday night and he's like, am I bleeding my back? I'm like, you need to get it stapled up right now. And I took him in the back. I washed him up, bandaged him up. I'm like, now when you get home, go to the hospital. You know he didn't go yeah. to the hospital. I know, but still, good guy. Yeah, but he you needs know, to... I didn't get a tetanus shot or something, man. Something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I yeah. wasn't touching him until I had gloves and a full kit so yeah you're welcome for the gloves thank you well i also got medic gloves too yeah you know i think new jersey has some room for improvement in that area i i think it's important to have like good quality promotions that take care of people and i think that you know they should do some kind of uh, they should know who they're hiring they should can't just um you know wing it anymore so it goes back to when chrissy todd whitman was the governor of new jersey she's the one that outlawed the fact of having the State Athletic Commission for all that stuff. And the first event she had that was at that didn't have the State Athletic Commission was a WWE event. I think it was SummerSlam or something like that where she 
was there and made that announcement. I don't know if anybody remembers that or not. No, I don't it's remember that either. T- it's been a long time. I right. remember her, but... Yeah, right. Hmm. Oh, but that is no. very interesting. Before yeah. we go to the next question, I totally agree because uh, there's so many companies that pop up in Jersey and there's so many companies that do stuff the wrong way and I we go and, as for us, we've gone to like Virginia and mm-hmm. there's like a medical crew there and stuff like that. We go to Delaware, there's a medical crew and, and I believe that, Maryland. that that Jersey needs to have an athletic commission to regulate all this because it's getting out of hand up here as well. And wrestling needs yeah. to be changed. We need to fix it. And this is why we're asking these questions and hoping it does. Right. And I mean, listen. all the shows that I'm on, I usually have a medic kit in my bag, you know, for all that because New Jersey doesn't have one. Because you're a, you're, a fe- you're a first aid train. That's right. fine. First aid, CPR, and all that. So we just brought that up. Safety in the business, and that's one of the things. Do you think referees should be CPR trained or anybody outside the ring? I mean, definitely, yeah. I, I go and I do that whenever um, the class is for free and, and I see it at the library um, just to refresh my memory because, you know, what we do, sometimes all of a sudden you knock the wind out of yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you just fall. The timing's off, especially those matches where it's like, oh, you know, a waterfall where it's like one person running in, the next person, and they take a move. And then before you know it, you know, you got like 10 people in the ring, dead bodies everywhere, you know, and you just take a step off a little kilter, you know, to avoid somebody over there and then get winded. I mean, it's just a good idea. I've noticed there's a lot of wrestlers that seem like they're not in the best shape, right? Uh, and like, and um, like, you know, I just, uh, I would definitely want them to get their blood pressure checked and you, you never know. You get in the ring and you start getting winded. You can pass out. Somebody can have a heart attack, God forbid. There's all kinds um, of I remember when I started in the business of, um, it, and I was with the old timer girls, the moolah girls, they told me the story about how um, before their match, it was a tag match and um, one of the girls ate too much and she ended up, her stomach exploded in the match when she took like a big bump and she unfortunately she died in the ring. And and everybody that was in the match got arrested. Oh shit. Oh Yeah, because, you know, they didn't break cafe back then. So um, they thought like they killed that they killed the girl like on with the moves but it wasn't that but they had to stay in jail until the uh, the coroner could do an autopsy and prove that, that that's what happened yeah like what happened to Pierre Aguayo in the ring yeah like if you remember Jerry Lawler had a heart attack at ringside mm-hmm. and um and thank god they saved him you know what I mean Michael Cole was right on that like for me my day job I have to have all that 80s CPR first aid certified whatever I carry my cards with me everywhere I go and they're in my wallet just in case something happens. I always have a medic kit with me too in my worker bag. So no matter where we go, the kit's there just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, it should be like a no brainer, right? Everybody should do these things and have this and um, it's not standardized enough, I don't think, in New Jersey. No. It's one of the reasons why we keep on bringing it up and we'll keep on bringing it up till somebody answers us and listens to us and, and help fight with us. You keep on doing it. Yeah. So our next question is, it's called Three Favorite Matches. So there's it's two sets, got A and got B here. We want to know your all-time favorite matches on TV that you watched. And then we want to know your favorite matches that you wrestled in. And, and that's how we do it. Awesome. I would say, you know, Shawn Michaels and Razor Moan, that first ever like ladder match, that really, set, yeah, that, that really set a standard in the business. You know, um, when that happened, um, I think the first one was better than the second one. Uh, but they're both really good. And, um, um, you know, I, I would say like any given ECW 
CW show um, on any given night. I mean, so many crazy, awesome matches that uh, I saw every night. I felt like just being able to see it happen (laughs) live was such a gift, you know, like um, Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam. I mean, just there's so many of those and every single one was extraordinary. I mean, I, I have to say that Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam are like my two favorite wrestlers like in history. I got, I got a story for you about uh, Jerry Lynn. So I'm refereeing for Carino when he was running his company up in Trooper area and doused my head with water because it was hot outside and I'm leaning over with the towel in my head and I feel a hand on my back going, hey man, you alright? You cool? I lift up and it's Jerry Lynn. I'm like, oh shit, hey, hi, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> and then we just had a, a really awesome conversation. And then I hear match three up. Oh shit! I got a ref. <laughs> So what are your top three matches of all time that you were in? Oh, um, so I would have to say with Mercedes Martinez, we we did a really great rivalry. Um, we did like a Texas Bull Rope match. Or match. I think the best one was the Iron Woman match. It was 64 minutes, I think. We, that yeah. was probably the longest Iron Woman match ever. Because I don't think I've seen any other ones go that long. Yeah, I believe we set a record. Um, but I, you know wasn't like official no but, um, no that, i think you did was, because i think the next one from you is mercedes versus tessa at rise for in an iron woman match so yeah i would say that's my favorite one because we just did sick i mean i always feel like ever since i left ecw it's like part of my to honor the locker room and the style you know is really important to me and to bring that into all my matches and i felt like i was really kind of proud of that match that it really kind of did that we did balcony to balcony throw and uh and then from the the lower balcony all the way down drop bump like that was some sick stuff that we i took a bump on the ring truck Mm. on the bed of the ring truck (laughs) where i was like yeah i know that ring truck It sounded like a good idea, you know, but the execution-wise, it was a bad idea, man. Have you <laughs> well, been in? The, have you been in the building since they like changed everything over? Um, the twenty-three hundred building. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah. I mean, got No, not that. I meant without icons and everything oh. else, with the ring and everything else. Like it looks no. completely different in the back and everything. Yeah. I'm well, I guess I'll front. be. I'll be finding out December. What is that? Seventeenth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we'll be yeah. we'll be I'll at be icons at a table and um, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm psyched. So I would say that that match is my favorite match, and then another uh, really awesome match that I was in was the steel cage, and that was um, for WEW, and um, that was simply luscious and Mercedes and primetime Amy Lee and myself, mm. and that was uh, I I got busted open. It was everywhere. <laughs> it was like a, I was so proud of myself. I was like, yeah, it was like Friday the 13th, man. Um, we had yeah. I had um, Prime Prime Amy Lee on before and, and she's like she's like I'm gonna skull fuck all these people in the back if they don't listen to me and I'm like oh shit <laughs> you know, you know you, I don't I don't know what that is but you know you <laughs> you want to experience it whatever it is <laughs> yeah. you weren't there for the one concert DB but we're walking around and in Camden and I look over at the one security guard I'm like holy shit that's Amy Lee yeah like Amy Lee was doing security at Camden for the one concert we went to oh really 
I didn't get a chance to get up and say hi, but I knew it was Amy Lee. I could tell. No, because I would have told you to stop marking the fuck out. She's working. No, it's not that because she's one badass woman. I ain't fucking with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I would say that the other favorite match would be uh, Amy Lee and myself at the National Guard Armory in Philadelphia. I, I think that was gorgeous ladies of, uh, no, wait, not, um, I don't remember. It wasn't <laughs> WEW. It was something else. dangerous, dangerous women of wrestling. The wow. That was it. Okay, okay. Yeah. That was like a pinball anywhere in the building. It was great. We just tore apart all the merch tables that <laughs> shit flying everywhere. It was great. I, <laughs> I so remember the story about Amy Lee. I remember working for, um, what was it, PW Pro Wrestling Unplugged? And I'm checking the ring and she comes out and she cuts a promo. Forearms me to the back. I'm refing that night and this was the only thing I had to do. And I refereed a battle royal before that. She comes out and just throws me over the top and I go out to the side and like, okay, that bit's done. I can go home and get dressed now. <laughs> it, that's what I was there for. All right, good night. Yeah, well, she'll definitely get you over, man. That's not a problem. Right, and it's not a problem with that. So I, I know it's an ECW question, so it doesn't matter. Pranks and rib, probably too many in that locker room that I could think of. And but do you have any? Um, yeah, the guys got me really good, right? Um, the after the show, I we went to some pub to, you know, the only thing that's open after ECW show is a pub. Let's be Easy. real, the Holiday. And um, no, this wasn't at the Holiday Inn. This was, we were on the road somewhere. Oh, oh okay. And um, we were drinking shots. And then um, the hotel was right there. We just walked. And so I remember that I was, I was ribbing the guy something. And then uh, I, I ran away and, and went and hid and went to bed. And the next day, the guys are like uh, taking their t-shirts and lifting up their t-shirts at me, like flashing me. And I'm like, what, what is wrong with you guys that you? You flashing me your beer bellies and they're like oh don't you remember you flashed us all right before you ran away <laughs> and I was like no I was horrified I was like whoa I was way more drunk than I thought I was because that is not something I would ever do oh. let me tell you everybody was in on this rib for two freaking weeks these clowns made me think I flashed my boobs and every time I would see them and they would flash I would just put my head down and do this like walk of shame until finally somebody, I think it might have been New Jack, and he was like, what's wrong with you? And, and why you got your head down and you're all upset? I go, oh, you know, I flashed the guys like two weeks ago when we were in West Virginia or whatever, and they keep teasing me about it. And they're like, oh, girl. He goes, <laughs> you didn't ever flash your boobs. They're just fucking ribbing you. Would you get over it already? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The elation I felt that to know that it was just a rib and it didn't happen. Oh, man. That, no words. No words. They got me. They totally got me. Oh, gosh. That, that's great. Jack, that, that is funny. New Jack stole my um, cheese fries once. <laughs> At the arena, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a question. I know it's an ECW thing. Have you, um like, Mo, um, Maureen um, Clark, she always drove wrestlers around and all that back in the day. Do you remember her? Yeah. Yeah. She passed away a couple years ago, and her son just passed away this year. So I was just, I was saying if you remember her or stuff like that, because we were talking to Two Colton, and he had stories about her. Ron. Right? Yeah, Ron. Ron. Some of the stories that Ron told us. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the guys that helps with our podcast, her other son, George, 
good friend of mine. So he he's always helps us out. And so I just always ask somebody from ECW if they remember Mo. I mean, yeah, everybody, like, I just remember everybody being so kind and just being like family and just like uh, helping everybody get around where they had to go. And um, it was always a um, pleasant and safe environment. Like, I, I never felt in danger and I never had any like heat with anybody. You know, I was just like, yeah, I'm here. I, I, I'm soaked. I'm still soaked to be here. You know, like, this is my dream. Um, uh, but it was a lot of people that um, really helped us um, when we were on the road and and getting around and getting place place. Yeah. Uh, heroes of uh, on the wrestling world, you know the, I mean? the unsung heroes of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I I, I know I know some people like really did some extraordinary things to help some wrestlers get on a flight to like you know last minute changes and, and things. Like a lot of people might not have gotten where they needed to go without those extra effort put in by if I can remember I think Mick Foley's book talked about Owen Hart staying at a fan's house oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of funny I'll, I'll do this quickly for me in the next question uh, I started out as a driver picking up my friend from his house to go to shows and stuff like that and it turned out to him to taking him to shows in, in Pennsylvania to doing a whole entire road trip out to Chicago in Chicago yeah CZW freelance and I work in one CZW show and the owner came up to me and said hey I need you to go to our school and pick up a few guys and I did and a few guys were Shane Strickland Desmond Xavier who is now Wesley and Wesley NXT, yeah and his former tag team partner Wentz that mm. were together in uh at the czw uh cage of death so trust me i i know that whole bit i know that whole bit yeah, oh come on joey mercury joey matthews yeah slept at my house in falcroft before he was in big i yeah. feel sorry for him well he was it, my brother like the numerous people that stayed at my house when they were here not like karina was always there too so so let's get into the next question which is geek out moment so did you ever have a geek out moment in your career a geek out moment like oh I can't believe this is happening like yeah like DB meeting the barbarian warlord or you meeting Jared Briscoe back in March that was cool yeah getting to do a bit with him was pretty awesome or like walking the cons and, and like moving people out of my way and meaning telling people excuse me excuse me move out of the way just to shake my hand and give me a hug because meaning is a friend of mine yeah you know what I mean stuff like that I it's mean, pretty cool it is it, it's like uh, a treasure you know getting to see people family reunion you know like seeing people like some of the girls like Mercedes like Mickey James and not seeing them for like 10 years or 8 years and then you see them and you're like ah, I love you where have you been I miss you so much I mean there's so many women in this business that I geek out uh, uh, over because I just adore them like a sister you know like they're just amazing people amazing talent amazing good hearted good soul sister you know like uh, I feel like you know it's an honor really to have such great sisters yeah you know like they're amazing people and out of the ring and then you get to go do this amazing like to me it's sacred you know what we and get to go in the ring and perform with them oh man and have that trust and you know feed off of each other and the beautiful like spontaneous art that we create is just the whole thing for me is just living on a whole nother level of being. I, I just can't explain it. It's extraordinary. It is the best alive level of life that there is. I remember walking in to one of the first shows that Tommy was running for House of Hardcore. 
and Danny Doring was doing the commentating and I walked up to Danny I'm like yo long time he's like holy shit I know the face I know the face I'm like Keener's little brother he goes little brother motherfucker you got big <laughs> <laughs> no doubt right for my my other stuff I do for the podcast stuff like I play Connect Four and getting Brian Kendrick or Madman Fulton playing with me was kind of awesome or Lance or or Red Titus and Lance on Hawaii it's kind of it's kind of fun like seeing these guys to like I remember the story with Lance or not Lance Rhett we're sitting there in the locker room we're in Virginia and um Matt Grizzly Redwood I was like yo dude out there once you play Connect Four he's like Connect Four I play Connect Four with my kid all the time let's go <laughs> Cool. That's and awesome. then they went back to Virginia and we saw Rhett at a show at Skid Row, New Jersey. Rhett's like, two, round two, Virginia, me and you. Damn, he just challenged you in New Jersey. <laughs> and you did. And he beat, didn't he win that one? He won the first one, yes. Okay, but second one. Played second oh, wait, he okay. wasn't there for the last one? No, because he invited me back Jersey, but I wasn't feeling good. Oh, no, I mean, wasn't Rhett in Virginia? Yeah, but we didn't do anything because I didn't have anybody to help me. Let's get into table five. So you're the fifth person at this table and I always do a theme to all these tables of five. So you can put four other people to sit down, have a drink, whatever you want to be. But they have to be the women in the wrestling business. Who would you put there? They have to be current women? No. Could be legends. Could any, be any anybody the, passed away. Passed away or any of the women that you ever worked with. Uh, Luna would definitely have to be at the table. And um, I would say, yeah, definitely Joni Lee. Um, and and it has to be a woman in the business. Can't be any of the boys. If you want to put a boy yeah, there, you that, that's you, yeah. I would say Dusty. Mm, Dusty okay. Rhodes. He was one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life. So I would definitely want him to be at the table. And Tommy Dreamer. And um, uh, and then, you know what? Evie, come on and have a drink. <laughs> so there, there you go. That's five. The one night I was there, I was hanging out. And it was the night Dusty and Karina were in the bull rope match. And I was there hanging out beforehand. And I just was standing there talking to Karina for a minute. And all of a sudden, Dusty walks up and goes, we doing this? I'm like, I'm going over there to the bathroom. I'll be back later. And th- it was just, that was my five minutes of pain with Dusty. So that was pretty cool. So That is awesome. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, I've he's always, a great. I've always heard great, great stories about Dusty. So we're going to get another multiple, we're going to another question here. It's called the triple threat. It's similar to murder, marry, fuck. But we changed it around, say, single, tag, and a specialty match. So uh, so we have Wendy Richer. Richter. Richter. Richter, sorry, my bad, my bad. Reggie Bennett and Bull Nakano. Now you have to choose one for your single. What's the specialty match? You have to choose one for single, okay. one for tag, mm-hmm. who you want to tag with, and you want to choose the last one for to be in a last woman standing match. Ooh. So I definitely, for a single, want to uh, wrestle Bull Nakano. Definitely. Um, my tag partner would be Reggie Bennett, no doubt. And so Wendy Richter, last woman standing. Yeah! That'd be <laughs> okay. <pretty> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let me make some phone calls. <laughs> And then, and then my last question before we get into our nice, cool, fun, sec, cool, fun question is um, uh, we've talked to a lot of people from like Texas and Georgia have sat there and said companies down there work together. They support each other, um, collaborate with each other. Do you believe that, you know, that should be more in different states, you know, instead of, you know, being territorial? I mean, I don't know. Um, I think that's more like a business question, right? Like, do you have the capacity to, to do that and do it well? I think 
think a lot of times, I think it's a good idea, but I think that there's a lot that goes into putting in on a show. It really is yeah. like an am- amazing team thing that happens. You know, the ring, the, the light, the sound, uh, putting up chairs, you know, all of that. It's uh, You got to have that that can do that and handle that. And I see like a lot of promoters, um, I don't know, they just, they seem like they're good in an area. I would say if you're good in an area and you can make money doing that, then do that and run a territory. But if you have difficulty doing like long sprints, uh, cross distances, it might be because, you know, you don't have enough of a support system yet. Everybody yeah. wants everything now. I want it now. I want it to grow now, you know, but really to be a good promoter and to build a territory, I think, you know, you need to collaborate with other promoters and, you know, work within your wheelhouse and don't overextend yourself. Yeah, definitely. Look at guys like Tommy Fierro or um, Sean Hardy. Yeah. Like, like Fierro's been in doing this for a long time and he definitely knows what he's doing. Definitely. He does. Absolutely. There's a lot of good promotions that are that are building up. I think they're doing it the right way, too. I think if, you know, um, if you use YouTube and you uh, have, like, that IWTV, you know, or Fight TV and you can get, broaden your audience through social media and a mobile app or a YouTube channel, I think if you utilize that stuff that you could really help grow and help others grow, I think that that's really the way to go. But, you know, this is my only thing that I've seen and like to, you know, over the time is that sometimes politics can be tough. Yeah. Right. It's hard to maintain like a relationship where somebody's in as a promoter where somebody's not like, well, I want my federation to be the biggest, you know, like it becomes like a competition at a certain point, maybe. And territorial. Yeah. You know, like somebody's always trying to be the top dog instead of really, you know, pay attention to growing the business and, and, and expanding their territory. Right. Yeah. I don't so know. before we move on to the final question, my whole thing was, and I say it all the time, it's independent wrestling. It's not like we work for WWE or AEW or TNA or any of the big companies. Like there's companies that I've worked for that don't like the fact that I work for another company yeah. and they won't let me work for that company because I work for another company. I see it all the time and I think it's stupid. And then like, and I say to certain people, I'm like, there's a reason why it's called independent wrestling. So we can go work for those other companies. And that, that, that pet peeve. There we go. But There you go. Stephen Adams here. And this is the final question for this episode of the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. So it's the five questions of doom. The five questions of doom. Ah, all right. Bring it. Let, let him... <laughs> all right. All right. She said bring it. So now we're doing it right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the five questions of Doom. So these are all non-wrestling questions. Non-wrestling related questions. Yes. So are you ready? Are you ready? Um, I'm born ready. Here we go. Question number one. Facebook or MySpace? Oh. Facebook. Facebook. Question number two. Sour Patch Kids or Gummy Bears? Gummy Bears. Because they're bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yes. And they make a good chew toy. Yes. (laughs) Question number three. 
So I love this cartoon growing up. Astro or Dino? Ooh, Astro. I like technology. See, I would add a third one in there, and I would add Snarf. 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 <laughs> Thundercats. Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Thundercats. Ho! Question number four. Worst concert you've been to? Worst? Yes. Worst concert you've ever been to? Um, Maybe the Grateful Dead, because I never made it inside to see the <laughs> show. <laughs> I got distracted on the, the parking lot. And never so I, I work for Citizens Bank Park, and... We had John Mayer and what was left of the Grateful Dead come in, and I will never do it again. Munchies were so <laughs> fucking bad that night. Oh, my God. And and getting the people to yell at me when I took their drugs away from them because they couldn't take them into the concert. Yeah. You know, no, sorry. <laughs> and second worst concert was Cheap Trick opening up for Aerosmith because whoever was on the sound guy that night was horrible. The whole night, they sounded like they were in a McDonald's drive-thru. Uh, my first one was J- um, Jimmy Buffett because... Um, my friend's like, you need to catch up, and that's when I don't drink anymore. Oh, you that. need to catch up, like, drinking. margaritas and stuff like drinking, that? Drinking, no. yeah. I had Never one. Again. I had one margarita that night. We were there, and no, because they put too much tequila in the drink. And then that's not the one that I was at. No, the, the one that me and you were at. Yeah, that wasn't my worst one. No, that no, was I'm my saying that one. one. And then my other uh, worst one was, what was oh Tim McGraw. That was a horrible concert. Was it? I got you guys all beat. Citizen Bank. No, that was at the um, Camden. Okay. I got you. I got you all beat. Fish. The entire oh. the entire place smelled like weed. Okay, well, that's a different story. <laughs> You did that because you know Fish is my first um, concert I've been to. I know, but the entire area smelled like weed. I mean, I got high working there. Dude, no when, when I found out that John Mayer and them were coming back to Citizen Bank Park, I'm like, nope, I'm on vacation at time, that time. I'm not working it. Sorry. <laughs> that is funny. But we, do, we, do we do number five yet? No. We need number five. Again. There we go. All right, all right. Here's one for you. Question of five, Daddy. Favorite Tim Burton film? Oh, I liked was the night before Halloween. The nightmare. Is that be- what it's nightmare before nightmare Christmas? Or yeah, one of those. Whatever yeah. it was called, that was good. I like it. That, that I mean, is- Edward Edward Scissorhands was good, but yes. the animation one is definitely was better. So in my house at Christmas time, we actually have five different t- themed Christmas trees in my house, and one of the themed Christmas trees is a Nightmare Before Christmas. The whole entire tree is decked out in Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Yes, I said five. Leave me alone. Yeah, he puts too many Christmas trees. I don't know which one to put on. Gifts under. We we do like a full Macy's set in front of my house, like in front of the living room. Wow. Yeah, yeah we go all out. That just spells wow, loser. You- <laughs> <laughs> so, so it says the comic book nerd wearing a fucking Kirby shirt. Kirby rocks, okay. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Listen here, you Muppet, all right? (laughs) I'm wearing a Muppet shirt. No, when I do commentating, I always call the fans Muppets. (laughs) That's awesome. You can go go back to your chicken pot pie, Virginia. We got to talk about that. Um, So we were coming home from the show Friday night, and the promoter's like, I think DB's pissed off all the time. He keeps calling the fans Muppets. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, that's his bit. He goes, oh. That's like, yeah. the thing. Right. So, Angel, just plug in your social media. Where can the fans find you? 
There we go. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm easy to find. The Angel Orsini on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, my Facebook page is The Angel Orsini, and my website is connected to everything, and it is angelorsini.net. Oh, and definitely check out the Women's Wrestling Hall of Fame. We uh, recently launched it, and we're going to be having our first induction ceremonies at the December 17th, 2300 show. Um, it's going to be off the hook. We're going to be inducting in Jazz and Medusa and Luna Vachon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and don't forget to check out Icons of Wrestling that day as well, where Angel will be there as well. Yep. Absolutely. And on that note, let's do the... We're going to hit the button. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And this has been the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener alongside D.B. Richards, and we'll see you in the <laughs> ring. So, our fourth ECW original? No, we have more. So, but so yeah, we've had numerous ECW people on us, but I would like to thank another one for coming on, and that's Angel for coming on our show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. It's great, and it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with everybody. Well, thank you for being here. This is ECW original Angel Orfini, and you are listening to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Kinner from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, letting you know about photographer, camera, editor, and designer extraordinaire, Brian Schweiker. Please give him a call at 856-254-7546 for any of your photography needs. You can also reach him at bschweiker13 at gmail.com, Facebook, and everything else is there as well. Get him for all your party, wrestling, movies, whatever you want to do. That's Brian Schweiker. Check him out. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you looking to become a professional wrestler? Well, right now, the Workhorse Wrestling Club is accepting new students in Felton, Delaware. If you're interested, call Sean at 410-829-1114. Hey, this is D.B. Richards. And this is B. Schweik. Hey, we got some ads. Yes, we do. We have Twisted Shamrock Studios and Spa is not your typical spa. Take a journey back in time with all your favorite nostalgia from the 1920s to the early 2000s. The staff will provide you with healing therapeutic services with a high-end feel. Mention this podcast and receive 10% off of your first service. Book with Twisted Shamrock Studios and Spa today, where recovery, relaxation, and love of all decades past never go out of style. So where can you find them? You can find Find them at 16 Wilmington West Chester Pike in Chad's 4 PA 19317. And you can call them at 484 574 88 and 68. Hey, Brian. Hey, I want to go now. 2300 Wrestling Podcast. Let's go. Sam Alfalzi here. And Zach Ravix. Super Crazy Wrestling, Super Crazy Arena, Skid Row Academy. We are indeed the best facility in New Jersey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Probably no in the world. Extremely top three, I would say. We have very terrific trainers. Actually, they all come from uh, the Ring of Honor Dojo. So yeah. you already know you're. So they're going to be great. And they're definitely great. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're going to experience some, you know, pretty elite stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're all about intensity here. You know, uh, we're, we're always here to help. We're, we're always reach one, teach one. That That's our main thing. You know, I feel like if you're a person that really feels like wrestling is your dream and that's what you want to accomplish, this is the best school to come to. Or burn. Or, or burn. Okay. Or what Brack said. So, uh, once again, you know, best school probably in the world. Definitely in Jersey. You can find it. You can find it on Facebook, uh, Super Crazy Wrestling and Scare Row Academy. And Instagram, Super Crazy Wrestling, Scare Row Academy. So you can contact Melissa Pena or... Oh dog, and he'll come find you if you don't find him. Or I will. Or or Brax will. Or Brax. You'll burn. You won't burn.